0: City University
1: Television presents the American Theatre Wing Seminars,
0: Working in the Theatre. This seminar, Performance.
2: Welcome to the American Theatre Wing's Working in the Theatre Seminars, now in their 25th year, coming to you from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. These seminars offer an insight into the realities of working in the theatre, and today's seminar is devoted to performers who have arrived on Broadway from four different countries, yet share a common bond, love of the theatre. I'm Isabel Stevenson, Chairman of the Board of the American Theater Wing, and I hope that you will enjoy and learn from today's seminar. So now, let me introduce our moderators Pia Lindstrom, theater critic and author, and George White, Chairman of the Board of the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center. Pia? Thank
1: you so much, Isabel. Next to me is the Scottish actor. Ian Glenn. He reminded me he was Scottish. This is an important thing, because we have quite a group here of international uh, actors. Mm. He is starring with Nicole Kidman in The Blue Room, but he's had many other parts before that. Mm. studied at RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. He's been in musicals in Shakespeare, Henry V, Macbeth, Hamlet, films Rosencrantz and Gilda Stern are Dead, uh, Mountains of the Moon, Gorillas in the Mist, but we don't know what has prepared him for the sensation of the Blue Room. (laughs) Next to him is the lovely Leah Salonga, who appeared as Kim in Miss Saigon years ago. And she's back. She has been on the stage since she was seven years old, so although she's very young, she has a vast experience in the theatre. We'll be talking to her shortly. Next to me is George White.
0: And next to me (laughs) is uh, Anna Manahan, who, um, like me, is from Waterford. But I'm from Waterford, Connecticut, and she's from Waterford, Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) she studied with uh, Rhea Mooney who at the Gaiety uh, School School of Acting, school of acting uh, in, in Ireland, uh, and sh- who was also from the Abbey Theatre. Uh, and wonderful thing is that she was nominated for a Tony for, for Lovers uh, in 1968, uh, where she co-starred with Art Carney. And then all these, well, uh, 30, years. thirty years later, she <laughs> won the Tony uh, for, for Mag uh, Fallon in uh, Beauty Queen of Linan. And it's delightful to have her here, and, and so. And next to her is uh, Nicole Kidman, who is starring in *The Blue Room* at the moment, who is from Australia, uh, and. Uh, is also not a, a uh, been a lot of in film, and I will just uh, tell you some of the things that she has done. Uh, she, you will shortly, I hope, see you in um, Eyes Wide Shut, directed by uh, Stanley Kubrick, which I guess is in the editing process even as we speak, uh, and has also won the Golden Globe Award for the Best actor- Actress mm-hmm. in uh, To Die For, and it's a delightful to have you here, from all the way from Sydney, Australia. Thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to, if I may, start uh, by talking uh, about uh, training, how you got started. Actually, let's talk about how either of you got started. Did, did, what, what, what is the madness that uh, uh, made you start this way? Um, on well, my father's
3: well, side, I come from a theatrical musical family for generations, In every generations of the Manahan family there are actors and musicians, very normal for me to become an actor. Uh, I'm very glad, for my own sake, that I grew up and was trained in Ireland, because we have a deep ingrained love of playwrights and of the text. That was honed for me in England, particularly during my sojourn with the National Theatre in England. Because in Ireland... uh, the text is very important, but we play the mood and the passion. And I find in America they do the same thing. In England, they do that, but they're intensely interested in the text. And I learned there how to investigate the text. And that is one of the greatest riches of my life. And I wish I could give it to young American performers who act before the line, after the line but not on the line. (laughs) If I were young enough, I would start a crusade. I think there's great talent in this country, but oh, I want so very dearly to impress that upon acting students. Please, please, play the play, play the text, play the character. Stop acting all around the lines.
0: Mm. (laughs) Well, that's it. That's the end of the <laughs> seminar. <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anna. We can yeah. all go home. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Australia? Your traditions, uh, of course, there, there are many, many Irish traditions in Australia, but also, obviously, uh, British traditions, English traditions. Uh, were you brought up with that when you trained? Uh, I know you trained at, uh, what is it, the National? Australian
4: uh, Theatre for Young People. Is where I trained.
0: And uh, would you? Is that how? (coughs) Were you trained like Anna, or were you? Do you play differently?
4: Um, We we basically studied all sorts of techniques when we were at um, when I was at drama school. You study the Meisner, you study the Method, you study everything. And I think out of that, as an actor, you come up with your own craft, whatever whatever it is. You take a little from, or for me, I could take a little from everything, and somehow. You managed to do it.
0: <laughs> well, of course, Australia has a different. I mean, is like the United States is is, is a, a society of a, a colonial society that that took from every. You mean, know, the the tradition of Irish and uh, and British theatre uh, and Americans all there. It, it, yeah, it wasn't ingrown, uh, or is it? I mean, in, in terms of a tradition, uh, is there an Australian theatre tradition? As um, such?
4: No, I mean, I th- I think. I mean, I think that. Um, Australia as a country is made up of so many different people from so many different nations, and um, and therefore we accept many many different things. We have um, you, you said you just went to Sydney prior I to coming to New York, yeah. didn't you? We have a lot of travelling theatre companies that come through Sydney. We have a festival in um, Adelaide, which is in South Australia, which is a wonderful theatre festival, sort of on a par, I think, with the Edinburgh festival, mm. and um, I think there's a great acceptance and a great love of the theatre and of actors in Australia.
1: Is that true in the Philippines
5: as well, Well, in Lea? the Philippines, mm. it seems to be more of a movie-going public than a theatre-going public. So there isn't exactly a theatre tradition, but there are a few theatre companies in in the Philippines. That's where I was trained when I was seven. Um, and I think it's more of you're trained with the, the work ethic, you're trained with the discipline, you're um, in whatever show that you're pushed in or auditioned for, that's, that's what happens. Is there a style of acting, Stanislavski or Milovski? I think it's more, it's definitely more, it seems to be more American than it is oh. British. That's what it seems to be, at least in my experience. That's what it felt like. And in Scotland?
6: <laughs> well, the world was dominated by the English. <laughs>
1: How did you break free? Well,
6: I think we entirely did. But, um, no, there's, uh, there's prospect now of an independent Scotland. Yeah. So no, our our tradition is very tied up with uh, you know the British. And you yeah. studied the
1: traditional <laughs> t- styles of acting.
6: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, connection with what you were saying is really the the British training at drama school. I went to RADA. It's very language based. You no, know. it's all about studying the text and finding finding your performance from the text. I ag- agree wholehearted with with what you were saying and. Um, I think you especially get that from, from Shakespeare. You know, Shakespeare wrote such articulate uh, characters, such articulate people. And there's a, there's a tendency now, especially with the influence of film, that um, people become less and less articulate, you know?
3: Oh, Ian, Do you I, I so agree with you. I saw a production in Dublin of uh, one of the Shakespearean plays twelfth night or something, and it so highly praised. It looked so wonderful, and the gimmicks and everything. Mm. And the critics said, but if you want to hear the text, don't go. And I thought, mm. why <laughs> would you put on a Shakespearean <laughs> play if it th- the text wasn't worth
6: mm. hearing? Mm. And
3: th- it is the word that lasts. Directors come and go, different styles come and go, but the text remains. Mm. Shakespeare has remained for hundreds of years. Why not put on something else? Why destroy his text?
6: Mm. Mm. I,
3: I don't agree with it at all. Mm. Isn't the American argument that uh,
1: the American style is more emotional?
6: Well, I think I think it's it may be. I, I think it's um, a desire for spontaneity, really. I mean, the 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 method was, was you know something that tried to insist on on a reality and a spontaneity, which I think is absolutely valid and really useful, and, and all that can be fed into. Um, you know, the British training. If the British have a tendency, it will be t- towards too much um, demonstration, you know, and over respect. You can have over respect for yeah. the language as well. So that kind of gets in the way, and you lose a kind of um, a presentness, which is really what is fundamental to empathy from an audience watching a play or watching a film. They want to be transported into the present, into a different relationship that's happening that they can, mm-hmm. you know, sympathize with. And, um, I mean, it's really. I mean, Sh- Shakespeare wrote his subtext. People spoke in soliloquy, in monologue, and shared their subtext. Mm-hmm. The whole method is about looking beneath the line. And the danger in that is that people, as I say, become less and less, like, you know, this kind of grunt and groan, and you, know, you can't simply ask for a, you know, a cup of coffee without, can I, you, you know, like.
3: It's like what <laughs> the <laughs> Islamic cult's half is,
6: you, have, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, it's kind yeah. of, you yeah, like, do you have, like, do you have coffee? And you, think, <laughs> you say the line, just say it hard <laughs> for a cup of coffee, be articulate. You know? And people are. People, I think, are much more articulate in real life mm-hmm. than they are on film. I mean, look at us, That's we can hum and haw a bit, but basically, we get our sentences roughly right, and we mm-hmm. express ourselves.
1: There is a big difference between film acting and stage acting. What was the difference for you?
4: I don't think there is a huge. I mean, oh. there <laughs> I think that acting is acting. Acting is mm-hmm. truth, and so and what you're trying to achieve is truth. Mm-hmm. So once you say, "Oh, well," there's a huge difference between film and theatre. Then I, I don't quite know what that means. Well, I think ultimately in a, f- a close-up, you just
1: raise an eyebrow.
4: On a stage, yeah. I mean, obviously, technically there's there's different things because on a stage you have to be heard, and your concentration the concentration that's required is different to say film, because on film you you're you're required for a certain amount of time for maybe half an hour where you have it's very intense and everyone's focused on you, and then you have to go away and you have to sustain it Mm -hmm. for another say six hours while they light another scene, and then you come on and you do for that particular amount of time. So it requires a different it requires a different energy and a different um, se- concentration whereas on stage the minute you step on you've got to be completely concentrated until the minute you walk off and that's um, and in term technically that's fantastic to be to to be able to to do both because i think it challenges you both ways you can become very lazy when you're working on film
5: mm-hmm. but i
4: do think that ultimately acting is about um, truth and about text and about mm-hmm. all those things, whether you're on film, whether you're on stage. Mm-hmm. And I think once you start saying, "Well, we've got to be bigger, or, we've mm-hmm. got to be for stage, then it starts to become acting, which mm-hmm. is not something that I enjoy watching. I, I think you're looking to, s- to believe. Mm-hmm. And whether th- that's on film or whether that's on stage, you yeah. want to believe.
6: I think the, the great mm. thing is that they, they complement one another really well. I think there are really useful things that you glean from film that you can bring to theatre and vice versa, and it is dangerous to kind of create a divide. Mm-hmm. And um, as I say, spontaneity is a really useful thing to bring into the theatre. I see too much dead theatre, you know? I see stuff that seems archaic or seems remote or seems like it looks like it was said exactly the same way yesterday. Um, and uh, that, as I, as I say, doesn't transport you, as it, as it should. In the same way that I think um, theatre and training for theatre, doing theatre shows, gives you a structure as an actor through a piece mm-hmm. you get used to, looking at text as a whole, dealing with it thematically, looking at where your role falls within that, and, um, and, and shaping it, creating arcs for your character. And for film, you're in this very kind of sporadic, bitty process, and it's really useful to kind of have the objective sense of the whole. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well
0: that that's mm-hmm. that's exactly because one is is obviously on a stage piece it's linear. You go from A to B. Yeah. yeah. And this way because film they're shooting all over and you say, wait a minute, no, oh, this is the scene that's in right. which mm-hmm. I do that's and right. That, what did, what happened before this, which we shot three days ago. Exactly. Also yeah, on exactly. film
4: you're you are at the mercy of the editor and the director. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And on
4: stage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're good. No. Sure. I think one of the wonderful
3: things about theatre is that at some point, the audience become one. They come in as different people, and the great thing is at the point where they become an audience, and the thoughts that you're thinking, they're thinking with you. The tears you shed, the laughter you feel, that this is with you, and in that dead silence they're with you. And I have a feeling, in my own belief, that's a little touch of eternity. Mm. 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 There is yeah, that yeah. union, <laughs> mm. and you'll never get that in a studio.
2: Mm.
0: You've yeah. yeah, gone away. It and is and an then experience awesome. you
3: live through each night with with people. That's what theatre means to mm. me.
0: That's mm. Wonderful. Special.
3: You went away from
1: Miss Saigon, and now you've come back. Yeah. How has it changed it's for you? It's
5: more fun now for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why?
5: Um, okay, when I first did the part in London, I guess. I had lived quite not exactly a sheltered life, but certainly not a very experienced one as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 18 when I started in the part, and I'd never had a serious love relationship at the time. And it affected the way everything I did on stage. I was the <laughs> stiffest thing in rehearsal. You could, sweep m- you could sweep the floor with me if you held me upside down. Um, so I had a leading man who said, you have to trust me, you have to trust me. I had the director tell him, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And it seemed to have carried all the way when I came here, um, although it got, I got more used to doing things on stage. But now, it's just, any night, anything can happen. And you just don't know mm-hmm. what kind of chemistry you and your leading man and everybody else in the show and even with the audience, you don't know what kind of chemistry is gonna, you know, pop up in this pressure mm. cooker in mm. this particular night. But I had a question for you, because uh, I, <laughs> I, I didn't do as many straight plays, say, as you have. It's mostly been a musical theatre yeah. experience with Les Mis and with, with Saigon. Do you find that when you sing every day the same, in the same tempo, the text falling in the exact same spots every night,
6: mm-hmm.
5: how do you find your own spontaneous you know, spontane- spontaneity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within the I very think, set? Yeah.
6: It is quite rigorous, the, um, you know, the constraint within singing. And it, it's quite hard. I find it difficult to do and it kind of got in the way of my <laughs> imagination, really. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, think, I think there is room still within music, within singing. To, to find spontaneity in the same way that, sh- that Shakespeare has a kind of rigorousness to it as well. There's a text that you have to really respect, and the, the mm-hmm. iambic pentameter kind of insists on certain things. But even so, within that, I think if the, you know, if you, if the thoughts are fresh and the emotion is, is real and is present for you, then it will come out mm-hmm. differently. It will kind of. Could know, I ask a question
3: it. of my fellow actors? that <laughs> In this particular role I play, much of the time, I'm deeply hated by the audience, <laughs> <laughs> and I find it has, um, it has an effect on me. I, I do not believe in going out and playing a, a, a part like that and trying. I, you must not look for the sympathy of the audience mm. if they give it fine, but I find sometimes People come on the street and they say, I hate you. I haven't hated anyone since I hated Iago. And then, I mean, and then I'm quite, well, every, my friends tell me I'm quite a pleasant one. And I find it hard to take in my own persona. I feel I want to go out and say at the end, look, I really am not like this woman. not like this Well, I think I, well, well, I When you see the poster, poster that's what
5: happens, I know. No. One
3: The first that you, you
6: get. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I yeah. the waves of hate. I levels. know, I know. But you must feel reassured at the curtain call. Must kind of when take the sting out of it. When you go out
3: on the street, there's some of them waiting. waiting
6: <laughs> for you <laughs> to get yeah, a with a Yeah, be sort of make the poker. Yeah, you know. Slight, it's very complimentary as well. Well, well bit, yes, it is in a but, way. But
3: this hits you so hard. I
6: know, I know, kind of. you just tried do
3: When well? <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're
3: playing heroines, and it's am uh, dead I'm dead, too.
6: Dead
5: at the end of the show. Could
2: I ask about how you work with an English or or an, an Australian audience, or an American audience. What do you? How do you change your craft? Or is the craft always there, and you just adjust to the audience's reaction? Really
5: adjust to the audience. You just, you, you just play it as truthfully as you possibly can, um, and and then just hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: this, would you say that's it? That's
6: it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's just, I think there's a danger. There's yeah. a danger in in um, trying to assess what. What's going on with an audience and affecting what you get up to? The kind of film have got into that a bit, haven't they? They sort of oh. they will present a film to a kind of audience, and the audience will write notes about what they thought it was mm-hmm. like, and then they will kind of go back and re-edit or change things according to that. But so within that, you I think you can't kind of. But that being said, you know when you feel that that's the whole thing that you mentioned about every single night. Um, there's a new audience, and they have they they create a different. Um, Impulse in you, and they're telling you different things on a moment-by-moment basis. Mm -hmm. They're bored. They're getting restless. They, oh, they really enjoyed that. They can, they let you know. What do you do
2: when you feel that they are bored and restless? You
6: subliminally, you it does affect you. It does affect you, and it can affect you in bad ways, and it can affect you in good ways. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. in bad ways, you start to feel they're going. So you work it too hard. You Mm -hmm. start overstating. You, you force things, or, you know, I mean. For us especially, we have a fair amount of comedy in, in the show that we're doing, and um, we always try and remind ourselves, however the audience, whether they're in, uh, very openly responsive to it or quite subdued, to try and stay true to what it is that we're, we're mm. up to, you know, and not feel oh, We always
4: th- say to, bef- to each other, before we go on mm. stage, though, that our yeah. thing is,
0: listen. Just, yeah. We always
4: do this just before okay. we go on. <laughs> How do
0: you do, Because you, you, you know, in a sense, playing so many different characters, which is sort of fun, mm-hmm. uh, rather than the same? That I would think that would help you keep it fresh for yourself, which when I thought it was very, you know. But does that help you? I mean, you're moving from character to character. So each one has a different dynamic, which makes yeah. your performance so particularly, both of your performances so rich. And a, yeah, I mean, th-
4: there's benefits to it. There's also things where I'm now craving to do one character, to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> see her all the way through, because you're getting just snippets. They're, they're, you're just getting a l- tiny moment of each person's life. And I'm dying now to do something like Miss Julie, where you get to do the yeah, whole
2: yeah,
4: yeah, uh, yeah. follow her all the way through. Because um, even though it's very exciting as an actor to constantly be changing and we 've been doing it now for almost six months now we 're both sort of saying okay <laughs> mm, <that's laughs> it 'd be right so character. interesting to explore one of these characters all the way through and of course, when you 're preparing you for both of us, we had to prepare the, the their pasts for, for, for the five different characters so that we knew exactly who they were and where they mm. came from and
0: and did you create that you with the director, the past outside. with the director, or did you do that i mean with that we, did me, so and then we did it
4: separately and then we all came in and we sort of talked about the characters and we mm. worked on them. We had a six-week rehearsal, which is um, a week longer than what you usually mm-hmm. get on mm. a play like this. Usually, you get five weeks. Mm. And I begged <laughs> for that extra week. <laughs> mm. <laughs> is there a value to your film career,
1: to having appeared on Broadway and in London? Do
4: you think um, this is I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, would I don't know. The reason i so have the seen theatre since know. I was three years old. I was mm. taken to pantomimes in Australia mm. by my parents, um, which you don't really have pantomimes in America, no, do you? No, but definitely. as a child, right. they're extraordinary because you go and you sit. And it's, I was never taken to films. I was always taken to theatre, mm. and that I was taken to ballet because I started off doing ballet, and then taken to pantomimes, and I loved them. and I remember sitting there watching. You know, all these men dressed up as women <laughs> pretending to be Cinderella, <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's such wit and, um, and such enjoyment. And uh, I think that's, that's why I wanted to become an actor, is because I saw them all having such fun. Mm. Did you and study and in Australia? Did mm. <coughs> I study? Anna wants to say yeah. No, no, no. no. Did I study? Yes, I, I started. Um, I actually started in mime. I star- because my mother was uh, worked my whole life, and so did my father. So I was what you call a, a latchkey kid, where you would go. You know, I'd take my sister home from school and let mm-hmm. it, let myself in, um, and wait till my parents got home from work, which was usually around five or six o'clock at night. And instead of um, my mother enrolled me in this class across uh, the way from our school, which was a mime class when I was ten. And that's what how and and we would do mime, and then we started doing street theater. Cool. Um, and then that segued into me begging to go to a drama school on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's how I started.
3: Marcel Marceau is coming to town.
4: Yeah! <laughs> I know, one of the hero. <laughs>
3: well, go going back to what you said, I think that in a case like the Beauty Queen of Lenin, in which Martin McDonough's has created his own, what we call McDonough Speak. His father was a Gaelic mm-hmm. speaker, and that his first language is Gaelic. Therefore, Martin, I think, heard English spoken by somebody whose language was not English. Mm-hmm. So that he has this particular kind of dialect that is his own, that's Irish, but is peculiarly his own. In Irish, we would say, Thormeni Yassav, which means I'm standing, but the literal English translation is. I am in my standing. Now, I say in the play, another bit of turf on the fire push, which is the literal translation. Now, we were instructed, and this is the difference, in coming to England, Australia, the United States, to remember that it's a difficult dialect and to be clearer in the way we spoke it and to cut down our accents because people had to listen to this
2: how I do you know it. how to do that?
3: Mm? How do you know how to do that? I think you think it. Mm-hmm. I think if you think clarity,
6: mm-hmm.
3: you will mm-hmm. be clear. Mm-hmm. Would you agree that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a mental
0: thing? Mm-hmm. You don't
3: actually do anything; mm-hmm. you just think it. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. That's good. Uh, mm-hmm. There is one, one thing I wanted to get into, which is about emotion too. We're talking about, and Leah, you uh, having a lot, so much uh, experience in mu- in the musical realm. Uh, any musical, I think you would agree, that's worth its salt, um, only has songs where emotion, things get so exciting and so difficult and so emotional that you cannot speak anymore. You must sing. <laughs> uh, I would hope, <laughs> 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 uh, and, and better sing well turn <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, does that help keep? I mean, how do you d- deal? Obviously, if you're so emotional, you can't sing because exactly. You're too, you know, cause, so. But does that help keep? How do you deal with that? I mean. Projecting that emotion with a s- in a song.
5: Oh, I don't know. I'm. I really don't know how. We just. We just. Here's. Here's the text. So I try to think of the lyrics, not so much as they're sung, but how they're said. So I try to also consciously and unconsciously work against the beat of the music. For example, there's one line in Saigon where it's like. Um, no, no, he's coming to us tonight. Pack your things, get yourself, and the rhythm is just there. So I try to not say it that way. I try to say it first and then try to fit it into the melody. Because I get, whenever I saw the show after I left, wow. I'd be like this. And, I'm like, just, just. and i just, and I feel like strangling whoever's doing it up on stage, thinking, you don't have to sing on the beat all the time. Because sometimes then it sounds artificial. It sounds too sung, mm-hmm. and in a through-sung musical, um, where the delineation between the lines and the songs is not—it's not a huge delineation. It's not like a book musical where you burst into song and then you talk again. <laughs> Here, you talk and sing at the same time. Yeah. I think I got a lot, learned a lot of that from Jonathan Price when he was doing mm-hmm. doing the show, seeing the way he would work.
0: He's not a musical yeah. actor. Yeah. He's and then,
5: then watching the singers work in a musical. So it was it's, it's it's easy to get the emotions. I get you get really lazy though once the songs start, like you <laughs> are son. <laughs> everything is just on the beat and the music just carries you.
2: How do you react to the different audiences?
5: How do I react to different mm-hmm. audiences? We just well, there are some audiences that are so blah, 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 every night. <laughs> and then they're just standing ovation like they're like. They're like wires, How did you, you know? react
2: well to that? <laughs> yeah.
5: mm-hmm. um, and there are some nights when a lot of the company feels that they don't work as hard, but the reaction of the audience is just overwhelming. And there mm-hmm. are some nights when we feel that we work a lot and we're exhausted at the end of the show, and then the audience is just so, <laughs> it's, <laughs> stupid, <laughs> you know? So it, it's how do you account for that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's our fault. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure. Not. I do not take responsibility.
1: The bad People audience. Take
5: responsibility. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's the weather. Sometimes they're like, <gasps> I'd like to think that people's coats are stuck in the seats so they can't get it. <laughs> Um But sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's just you know. It's sometimes it's a bad day that affects everybody, both on that side of the stage and on this side.
6: I think it's and a wonderful mystery. Yeah. I yeah, think just don't if you know could, what it is. <laughs> no, if you could answer that question, then you kind of lose the whole nature of theatre. That why audiences are different and why they react in different ways, and the, m- the makeup that is so can be so subtly or yeah. Friday radically night at Les different. Mises, though, from like
2: what do you night. do when y- you don't get the reaction that you normally do with an audience? What
5: is they called? Friday night. It's steak and. Was it steak and beer. It was steak and something night. They couldn't get up. <laughs> mm.
2: <laughs>
1: That's
5: why they were just so full of dinner. I want to yeah, know
1: like about you. So,
6: um, I, I just as I say, we you try and you just try and stay true to what you mm. what you're doing. There's a very healthy influence that um, an audience has on you, um, but there's an unhealthy influence as well. And if they're very quiet, then you can try and you can try and force things in the wrong way. So the, the instinct is basically just to keep listening and keep. Keep uh, keep the reality.
1: How did your training at RADA prepare you to do a naked cartwheel?
6: <laughs> um, that was the second term we did naked. Did <laughs> you? One, <so laughs> I, I was I was seriously. I thought you defective. were very
1: brave. <laughs> I very
6: get badly hurt. Yeah, no, we did naked handstands. Did they tell you
1: that when they cast you?
6: What the, the, that, the, that I you'd to have to do this? No. They
0: improvised they did that, that. Yeah. that. Oh, you, you made it up
1: yourself. That was his improv
0: All that RADA background, but it's effective.
4: So, all, I that, mean, tra- all that, 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 that classical training. <laughs> but that, it. that, that <laughs> comes from having a great <laughs> rehearsal process, actually, yeah. because I think it's so daring of Ian to do that. Yeah. And I- by having, I think it's so important, and it's awful when people try now to say, oh, we can rehearse it in four weeks, we can rehearse mm-hmm. it in three mm-hmm. weeks, quick, quick, quick. So it, rehearsal mm-hmm. is meant to explore the text is mm-hmm. meant to explore each other mm-hmm. is meant to discover the play together and it 's also about dis- um, discovering your director, your other actors mm-hmm. and that 's the beauty of being an actor mm-hmm. is that you become very close to people mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time, mm-hmm. and in that rehearsal process mm-hmm. is when it happens and it's if you try to uh, and I think it's the same on film where they say, "Oh, come in," and, we'll and you and you say when you're talking to your agent, "Well, mm-hmm. how long are they going to plan on rehearsing this?" Mm-hmm. They, go, "Oh, no, no. Well, they're going to rehearse for five days." You go, "Count me out. I'm mm-hmm. not interested." Mm-hmm. Because unless you have that rehearsal time, mm-hmm. I don't think you find the magic.
6: And it affects, you know, sub- subconsciously mm-hmm. if you're if you're in a four-week rehearsal process. I mean, I've not really thought about this bef- before, but I'm sure it's true that. As an actor, you know there are certain things that you have to go through to get up and to be ready to be roughly in the right place at the end of the day. If you've got four weeks rehearsal you'll start, you'll start learning those lines that bit quicker, you know, just a f- forced memorising of a text, forced learning of the lines affects the way you do it. It's really it does. you know, I I, I hate mm. learning lines. I like well, to read it. Well isn't it true
4: that it. Judy Dent she doesn't learn a line before she gets it? I read that. I've read that's right. I don't either
6: I,
0: I <laughs>
4: because I think that
3: it depends so much on your fellow actors mm. what's going to be fed to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't get any mm-hmm. sort of preconceived mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. But I wondered if you have this experience which I find terrifying, when I go to do a new play, I'm very anxious to know about the people I'm going to work with, because mm-hmm. I want to know if I can share,
5: mm-hmm. if
3: there are people who are generous,
5: mm-hmm. if we can share
3: mm-hmm. emotions and feelings. It's a very painful time, the early time in rehearsal, You're with maybe strangers, mm-hmm. and you're trying to communicate I and you know. want to know mm-hmm. about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And. Uh, I find this quite frightening mm-hmm. after the thrill maybe I want to play this role and then mm-hmm. oh my god who's was in it Yeah like <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, and are on your friends mm-hmm. are they nice <laughs> are they nice are they nice people oh, no. no
4: She's I
0: a
3: didn't. bit But oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know and then and then some people you mm-hmm. you heard are a Mm. Well, the nicest people, people I mean, is, not, I know. they've had a bad <laughs> <stage>
6: <laughs> <they've> had
4: <laughs> <for> somebody.
6: <laughs> it is funny that because I think you know, in, in training and in preparation for for it, you kind of you really focus on you know the way you can prepare as an actor and different methods and you know things you can sort of focus on. And actually, the best thing to get good work out of yourself, out of the people around you, are just people whose taste you really trust, who you really believe mm-hmm. in, to be in a relaxed atmosphere with a director who's coming up with ideas that are better than yours. Someone who you look at and you're acting with and you think, I just believe everything that you're saying. You know, you can go anywhere and I trust what it is, and then good things will happen. That's true. Now, you did, know, you yeah.
0: did you two know each other before uh, uh, Blue Room? We
4: met for dinner um, with Sam Mendes, the director, the night before we had to start rehearsals.
0: <laughs>
6: <Okay>. <laughs>
4: but uh, but I mean and Sam was wonderful like that because the way he cast it was he just he cast me and he cast Ian both separately neither of us having a say in who was going to be playing opposite and and we arrived and he said don't worry you'll have great chemistry and that was it and, and he knew and he was I trust like yeah he and put he it knew. together which and I think you have to yeah. trust the director to do yeah, yeah. and um, and I remember we sat at dinner that night and we both went. Five <laughs> <have> characters. <laughs>
6: I think we I'm coming. suited to one of <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: And I said, Have you learnt any of your lines? And I'm, I, of course, was, I'd learnt everything. And then as soon as we got to the rehearsals, I went, Forget it. Though. I, I can't remember a thing. And, um,. And then we rewrote a lot of it anyway. Mm-hmm. So During next the- time the- I will not learn a line <laughs> when I go into <laughs> yes, before yes. I go into rehearsal mm-hmm. because it actually proved to be more difficult because mm-hmm. I had to unlearn stuff and mm-hmm. so it's constrained. and um, mm-hmm. but so I, the it's reason I did it was because I'm obviously Australian. I had to play um, French and a number of different English characters, and so I had a lot of attention mm-hmm. on the accents, and I was and mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that if I was going to appear on the London stage, that I was going to be credible. Um, and with my access. It. <laughs> it's, it's quite uh, terrifying
3: to appear on accents. the London stage. Yes, yeah. it, is. it <laughs> is. I mean, it's terrifying to appear on Broadway, too. I'm equally terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but,
4: it's, but it's terrifying <laughs> in Broadway. <laughs> <a different laughs> it, it is terrifying I
3: found Broadway far more terrifying to on stage on Broadway. Why is it terrifying on Broadway? The audiences are wonderful. They love actors. It's a. Used to the six butchers of Broadway, <laughs> but they can close shows. That's at a true. Point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite frightening. Well, to
0: well you when you're challenge. talking about terrifying, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, the thing that we uh, let's talk about real terror because we we began to talk about this before. <sighs> uh, let's oh, talk yes. about yes. stage fright, <gasps> and how do you deal with that? And <laughs> I mean, there you you know, you <laughs> are subject, well, aren't <laughs> you all? to stage fright, oh, yeah. uh, which is a, a real malady and a real mm-hmm. virus. And uh, you, we talked a little bit before well, the show about, uh, uh, about, your, about it was Larry Olivier who, got, who was helped you get over that. I think
3: that um, we all have uh, – um, I think if actors talk to one another, they will find that there's been a period in their lives in which they've suffered stage fright. And uh, mine hit me in 1979, and it was painful and it was terrifying and I would break out in a perspiration on stage. And it was Laurence Olivier. It it was an hour-long program he gave about his life. And he described how for 12 years he suffered stage fright so badly. Some of the great performances of his life were performed during that time. It was so bad he had to have friends standing in the wings that he could look at so that he knew they were there. And when I heard that, it helped me. And when I got over, it was somewhere in the mid-'80s, I was doing a solo performance at Harvard in New
0: York, wherever Terrible place. (laughs) At Harvard.
3: And I had very difficult stuff, including a lot of James Joyce, Finnegan's Wake, which is incredibly dense. And as the music started, I thought I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize, I can't (laughs) Um, perform this evening. But the light hit me and the music started, and I started. And I kept on for two hours, and that was the beginning of my road back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if any of you have any stories like that.
6: I've not really had cause, because i Well,
3: oh, you're years younger than I me. know! Well, I,
6: <laughs> I know it's coming round the corner, now, but so far, I've not, um, I've not really had stage fright. You get, you get petrified. Everyone gets scared, don't they? Mm. What's the
2: difference in the English audience and, and the American audience? You've done the play both there and here first. Mm-hmm. A limited I mean, quite a time. Do they
4: laugh at different places? Uh, can, yeah. you
2: well, in reaction, can you describe the difference in reaction to laugh? Yeah, there's
4: different. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, the humour plays differently in, in the different countries, doesn't it? But mm. also, I think because we're on a different stage, um, the Donmar was very small and very intimate, and it had three sides to it. And then the court theatre here on Broadway is obviously um, much larger. And it's a cross arch, so you just have. I mean, it plays differently, just in terms of the actual <laughs> theatre, which was quite. Which you kept telling me, oh, it will be different, it'll be different because it'll be a different theatre, and I never. And now I've experienced it. But back to stage fright, I also th- I mean, I haven't had stage fright. I've, I, before, on Broadway, I was far more terrified than I was in England. Um, I think that was to do with the, ca- the, the capacity of the audience, but also. Um, Yes, it just hits you at different times. But I do think there's something. I, I love the adrenaline. I love the fear. If I'm not frightened before I go on, I usually don't give a good performance. But there's something it left about us the knows. No, no, you I know. Are different terror. Yeah, it's just a, yes. No, I haven't had the terror. But I do. But just in terms of just oh another yeah, that's fine, going though. off on a tangent, I think um, there's something wonderful about the adrenaline. There's, it feeds your performance. It somehow for me. I can access my emotions more easily when I'm in a state of. Um, I think that's part of live theater, isn't it? Yeah, and it helps me. That so I, I prefer to get yeah. nervous and be. Um, to have a problem before I go on, <laughs> so that it will feed into. Um, I found out the that the older I
5: got, the more it was there. Because when you're like seven years old, you just go on, oh. you do it, yeah. and you get off, and you don't think about it, you don't think about the audience. Oh. but. Um, Especially doing this, with a lot of pressure that was on Miss Saigon when we first opened, and even now, once the music starts, and it's it's like uh, then it starts, and it's like, oh, God, I hope I remember the first line out of my mouth. Once the first line comes out, usually I'm fine. It's the first one. And it's really funny to say now, at my age. I'm seventeen, and I'm new here today, and all of us get a little giggle out of it now.
1: Maybe this is a moment, Isabel, for you to tell us a little bit about the American Theatre Wing. Oh,
2: you're talking about my absolute favorite, favorite (laughs) suggestion. Thank you, Pia. The American Theatre Wing is an organization whose year-round programs are dedicated to serving the theatre and the community, and exciting young people's minds and hopes, ultimately developing new audiences. You no doubt are familiar with the Wing's prestigious Tony Awards. Which we present each year on television with the League of American Theaters and Producers and CBS. One of my favorite Wing efforts, though, is our Introduction to Broadway program, which brings, we started seven years ago, and it has now enabled more than 70,000 New York City high school students to attend Broadway shows, many for the very first time. The American Theater Wing. Is a wonderful organization, and it's theatre in schools, where theatre professionals like these go directly into the classrooms to work with and talk to students about working in the theatre. And the wide range of job opportunities they will find is another part of what we do year-round. In addition, our hospital program brings talent from Broadway, off-Broadway, and the cabaret world to brighten the lives of patients. and nursing homes, veterans' hospitals, children's wards, and aid centers. We also have a grant and scholarship program, which helps off- and off-off-Broadway theatre companies. The qualification for these grants is the same as for our Tony Awards, excellence in the craft of theatre. Our scholarships help talented students continue their studies at accredited drama schools. We're very proud of the work we do and are grateful to everyone who supports the activities of the American Theatre Wing, such as the people that are on the seminars today. And so now, having let me say that <laughs> about my favorite <laughs> subject, the American Theatre Wing, please, George, start talking a little bit more about it.
0: Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I, I, we were thinking of audiences, and the only thing I can, I can do is also think, leave you, in a sense, with a, with a famous... Uh, uh, statement by our humorist Don Marquis, who we were talking about audiences, and w- there was a boastful playwright who once said, "I had that audience glued to their seats," <laughs> and he said, "Clever of you to think of it." <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but uh, I-, I do, uh, I do like to. Th- there is uh, something else which is interesting for all of you, um, that. It is a little bit intriguing, because so much – here you are from four different countries, and so much in the last, in some cases twenty, some cases thirty, some cases ten years, so much has changed politically within your countries. Perhaps uh, when you mentioned about Scotland, of course, now there really is a movement for Scottish uh, Mm. uh, freedom or or not being linked. Um, uh, Leah, you grew up under the Marcuses in Mm -hmm. the Philippines. Um, And, uh, of course, fortunately, you're you're too young to remember uh, uh, Australia before the Whitlam's, but it was a very, very much more rigid society. And Anna, you grew up uh, in Ireland before um, uh, Bishop O'Casey was, uh, you know, caught, shall we say. So the Church was very, very uh, strong in in your societies. I I wondered if you might all talk a little bit about what, uh, what it was like before, and what that freedom has done theatrically, artistically for your countries? Maybe they, you know, because the Marcuses, perhaps, were the most rigid.
5: Well, they were. I guess they were quite rigid, but being very young and working in a theatre company where the productions were mostly Western productions anyway, um, it didn't seem to affect me so much growing up, because, you know, we were too young, and I was only fifteen when, when they fled to Hawaii. However, there were productions that repertory Philippines wanted to, to do. They wanted to do a vita. Um, Unfortunately though, it was not allowed. And only after the Marcos regime were they able to finally stage it, and they've staged it twice in the uh-huh. Philippines, much mm-hmm. to the audience's delight and contentment, much to the actors, <laughs> um, you know, getting their wishes um, fulfilled. So I think now there's more of an artistic freedom with terms of the films that are being produced. But sometimes the f- some people tend to take the freedom a little too far, and um, some As of the stuff. Th- well, well, some of the some of the films that have been coming out in the Philippines have been on the more lascivious side, which I think under more strict, um, I guess under more strict supervision would not be allowed to <laughs> come out. There's there's artistic nudity and there's lascivious, you know, stuff, and the lascivious stuff is I, I can't take it.
0: Uh-huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what about what about Ireland? Because we were talking, you know, uh, there's been a tremendous explosion of uh, Irish theatre. Do you yes. think that is because of a kind of uh, letting up of the uh, the, the church? No no, the no, no, no,
3: no, 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 no. I don't think that at all. The church and state have separated in Ireland, but Ireland was always rich with the Abbey Theatre, the Gate. We never had restrictions like that, unless it was something. It was nothing to do with the church. Unless it was like I played in the roast tattoo and when the condom was dropped on the stage, a woman complained to the police it was an obscene act and we ended up in court. (laughs) Nothing to do with the church. What has changed in Ireland, there's a great burgeoning of writing and talent and that. But I think that comes also from subsidy by the Arts Council, by um, the encouragement of young talent. What is changing in Ireland is, is a prosperous country now, the Celtic Tiger. And hopefully, the North of Ireland and the Republic of Ireland are coming closer. Those are the big changes. Artistically, we were always growing. I think that's true.
1: Nicole, you uh, appeared in in London, and as you know, in New York, there's a great discussion about foreign actors coming here Mm -hmm. with actors' equity and Mm -hmm. taking parts. Did you notice anything like that in London? Was there any question about not using a, a British actress?
4: Uh, no, I th- I'm I'm Australian, so all I have right. actually had dual citizenship. Oh, okay, so you didn't I have American f- citizenship and I have Australian citizenship, so I fall into a very odd category. <laughs> You're lucky then. Yeah, <laughs> you can do it. Um, no, but I think that the Donmar agreed to have an American come and appear at the DMA. That was part of the exchange.
1: Mm-hmm. And now here we are facing. Here we have all of you coming here taking parts. There are of course American actors who say it's not fair. Well if
3: somebody has a year year three months in which they can play in England in exchange for me. I don't know who's got it.
4: Mm. But somebody, <laughs> <laughs> has, somebody has the freedom to do yeah, that. Yeah, gets same with, same, with same with me as well. With yeah, Ian yeah. For
6: what is the difference
2: in audience reaction from London to here? Can you and then Anne, I'm gonna ask you for as well. Can you
4: You answer that Ian? <laughs> <laughs> um.
6: Just a wow! Well, Historian's
4: <laughs> <laughs> face looking blank. Like <laughs> 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 there is no love in him. People, <laughs> people. <laughs>
6: yes. No. no um, the I suppose with with the. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think probably. Um, I'm not asking uh, about the cartwheel. No, 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 the Americans. No, I think the Americans love. They they seem to love the narrative. That's uh, what David Hare said. Yeah, Yeah, that's what David Hare said. And and they, they're, I think, same. They're very bright and sharp to that. So any reference within the play about something that's sort of taken place refers back to something the character has been involved in, or refers forward. They, they love that. They're very sharp to the, the the narrative humor and certain kind of British um, kind of ironies or. You know, a, a student has a completely different sort of um, sense to an American an public. English than, student yeah, has a to sense a yeah. Yes, to say an American
4: student. yes
6: mm-hmm. and I play a, you know. A or the a, aristocrat. Yeah, or an aristocrat. They have different associations, mm-hmm. and so some things improve, and some things. It's it's very interesting. It's I think it'd be fascinating to do a uh, a tour within the play of the world, and and. Uh, you know, and see Changes the, the different reactions. Yeah, well, do they have to tell infamous.
1: British audiences not to unwrap their cough drops like they do in the theatre now? Uh, I like can no. that announcement.
6: I think that's quite, that's quite clever, isn't it? <laughs> <I know. Yeah. laughs> are
1: the audiences quieter
4: <laughs> in England, do you think? I think are they, they probably are.
6: I think they probably are slightly. But we were um, in a very but we're small, space. In a small theatre. So
4: literally, are. our space was mm. um, two. Roads. What about it. coughing? So I've, I've and people could reach out and touch us. Mm. So, so you felt like you were in the room mm-hmm. with us mm-hmm. in But you Martin. think
6: in sort of previous centuries, audiences used to, you know, there would be much mm-hmm. more on the stage. They were on the stage, vocal I mean, right. and, right. and chatting, and, you know, there would be other people going through selling things and, you know. There's something quite nice about that. Really. Well, I've heard yeah. about
1: conductors well, stopping concerts because the audience was really? so noisy,
4: coughing. I think too I cut my knee once uh, in one of the scenes on the stage, and I heard the woman in the front row say, oh, "She's bleeding!" <laughs> 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 I thought, "Oh, they're going to hand me a tissue or something." <laughs> uh. <laughs> it was pouring down, and no. it
1: kept oh, going no. on. You had to pretend yeah. it was pouring. We also
4: had. Um, we did have some people. We've had different. Usually on a Friday or a Saturday night we get our raucous audiences, and we've had men <laughs>
6: <Yes>. <laughs> coming
4: and yelling oh. out, yelling yeah. at him.
6: Yes, <laughs>
4: yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> men yelling at <laughs> <in laughs> him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To <laughs>
1: oh
6: no! no, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no I'm going
1: to put it on. They, say
6: for the, they, with, uh, they can't <laughs> understand why the, s- the student isn't able to. Consummate his, his love for the married <laughs> woman. So i like, oh, get on with that. Go oh. my like, yes, okay, Maybe they think uh, they're
1: watching television, they can just talk uh, to the no. screen.
6: <laughs> Please, I'm going, going through trauma here. Don't <laughs> no, you no, no, me just just like a I think, oh so, my gosh, help. What <laughs> is the
2: difference in the audience's reaction from London to here? Can you tell? Have you changed pace at all? Have mm. you.
3: Um, oh, I find this is a very. -hmm. Unique play. It's been a great success worldwide. It's been translated into 22 different languages. It's been done in Iceland, it's been done in Japan, Hungary, Germany. Mm -hmm. And each, the thing that I found extraordinary, because I never found it in any other play, they're all the same. Everyone is gasping. It's, it's, it's not done. You think the West End, you think the broader, they're saying, oh, no,
2: don't give a us <laughs> <it>.
3: stop! Oh! <laughs> and this is going on. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the basic thing, of course, is there's the mother and daughter, mm-hmm. and everyone mm-hmm. has a mother. Mm-hmm. So the theme is universal. Mm-hmm. It has made Martin McDonagh, whom mm-hmm. I met at 25 years of age, without a penny in his pocket, the millionaire. Yeah. Good, wow. heavens.
0: That's wonderful.
3: Good heavens! We actors haven't become millionaires. No. Though, yes. <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody. Well, you know, I got the Tony, it. though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you
0: know, there, there is. Yeah, that's one. Uh, and and of course, that was that was uh, full blown from in a sense of Martin McDonough's head. Uh, now we go to the the Blue Room, and that it, how were you? Did you mm. have you seen the, the Schnitzler? Have you seen the Rond? Have you? you know, how much was your? How much were you influenced, or how much did you try <laughs> to negate that? I didn't didn't really um, didn't really look at it. I remember um,
6: looking at the the film of it about the three quarters of the screen. way through rehearsal, mm-hmm. but um, David and Sam I think discouraged us from looking at uh, the original play.
4: I read uh, the original. Right.
6: Mm. Yeah Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think it's kind of. Uh, David writes very distinct characters. He's very good at giving different voices to his to his characters, and uh, I think it was you know I think it w- was one of those projects where really everything was contained within it. I think it was possible to to not really read around it too much, not read background or you know certain amounts of research to do with the kind of different occupations of the characters that one was playing, but. I didn't feel ab- obliged in any way to look at the original and see what was – I mean, he had released the, the – the original had a notoriously bad track record, um, especially in Britain.
0: Really? And I didn't
6: have uh, Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think he, he certainly were not encouraged, and I didn't feel the urge to, to study it to see if there would be anything.
1: Do you dislike there. any of the five men you play? Um, no. Do you always have to find something you like, even if they're – Yeah. (laughs)
6: Mm, um, Yes, I think I think there there are probably certain Mm. human beings who go uh, around despising themselves, but I think on the whole, um, your actor's relationship to the characters you're playing is the same as a person's relation to himself. And on the whole, I think people have to believe, otherwise they'll go insane, that um,
0: that there's nice things about them.
4: Mm.
0: Well, uh, and of course you. you like your character, despite what people say to you in the street?
3: Oh, you must like the character you're playing. And I feel very defensive on her behalf. <laughs> uh, you have to defend your I character, know. yes. I c- I kept thinking, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what is the defense? I mean, Quick, a what's, the, what's the defense? the <laughs> <She's laughs> an old, possessive, lonely woman who wants to keep the daughter by her side. Uh, she is selfish, but also there's a vulnerability. Mm. of old age, and in living in this bleak cottage mm. in the wilds of the west of Ireland. I wouldn't like to be seventy and living there on my own. Mm. It's so wild, like Scott, mm. parts mm. of Scotland. Mm. And, uh, so Thank yes, I, I so can… Thank you so
2: much. <laughs> there never seems to be enough time to say all the things that need to be said, and all the, all the things that these wonderful panelists have to be able to say to you. But unfortunately, it isn't enough time, and so I just have to tell you that this has been the American Theatre Wing seminar on working in the theatre, and it's coming to you from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. I want to thank this wonderful, wonderful panel who have shared their knowledge and their experiences and their time as they come from such diverse backgrounds and countries Pia Lindstrom and George White, I want to thank you for your very kind participation. And I am so happy that you are all here, and I'm delighted that you have come to watch Working in the Theatre Seminars, which are coming to you from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. Thank you very much for coming.